video to start. Take five. Scene. Action. Are they both rolling? Hello and welcome to Your Thoughts Podcast. This is Tyler Beck and I have an, a new co-host today. My name is Brandy, Brandy Lane, for those of you who care. We have and our guest. I'm Chance. Did you want to use the last name or just first? Just first. Cool. So Chance wants to talk to us today about, what is your topic? Well, today I want to talk to you guys about basically the trans community. I feel like there's not enough information out there for, you know, everybody who's curious about it or... Who just wants to know a little bit more. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds interesting. So, like, there's a lot of YouTubers. Um, most of them, I've noticed from, like, my own research, are male to female. There's a lot of female to male YouTubers out there as well for trans people. But a lot of them are the ones that people kind of had the stereotypes about. The super sensitive totally out there. And... I think a lot of people think all of us are like that because that's the main representation they see, but we aren't all like that. Right. So I kind of wanted to start my own YouTube channel. I haven't really got it up and running yet, but um, that's not the main thing. That's just what kind of got popular. They kind of took off. They had the right resources. A lot of us don't feel the same way as them, though. Um, so... Like the mainstream perspective on the trans community? Is, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. The mainstream perspective is that all, you know, asking questions to the trans community becomes a, I don't want to say a hassle, but people are almost scared to ask questions because they don't want to offend. They don't. They feel like right. they're going to step on toes. They feel like they're going to get yelled at. Well, there's also people intentionally trying to get people to step up or mis misstep so that they can yell at them for not using correct gender pronouns or just language police, essentially. Yeah, and I feel like that's a problem, and I've tried to address it as much as I can because I, I do have some trans friends as well. And, you know, when, usually when I get into these arguments online with people, I try to tell them, you know, this is really not the way to go if you're trying to get this to be um, mutual respect between us and the people who are non-trans or cis. We call them cisgendered people, which means you identify with the gender you were born as or identified or assigned as birth sorry where did that term originate um to be honest i'm not i think it's a latin term it's it's actually um medical medically used so it's medically recognized as a proper term um but cisgender just means if you are assigned male at birth you identify as male or if you were assigned female at birth you identify as female interesting and um as far as the gender policing thing goes, I don't agree with it personally. Me being friends myself, I try not. I try my best not to get mad at people because I know that some people, even if they ask it in a rude or disrespectful way, they don't mean it that way. And normally with the tone that somebody uses, you can tell, hey, they really just don't know that that's offensive. It's best in those situations, I feel, to just correct them and move on with your day instead of yelling at them because all that makes them do is say, Oh, all trans people are like that. And that's not the image. I don't want that image casted on me because you lost your shit. <laughs> yeah. So where what's 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 appropriate versus what's not appropriate? Like what are some questions that you think are not okay asking a trans person and what do you think are questions that trans people might take a little bit too seriously? See, for me, I'm pretty open, so pretty much all questions are on the table. It's just, it's mostly the wording that you use as far as I go. Oh, okay. Asking people, 
have they had the surgery though? That's very taboo. Nine times out of ten, people are going to get mad at you for asking that. And usually, That's this fair. surgery refers to bottom surgery, right? And most people are not comfortable talking about that, especially if you've just met them. That's not really the first question that should come out of your mouth. It, it's, I mean, it's the same. It's kind of the same as asking a dude when you first meet him, "How big's your dick?" Like, right, why would right. you do that? Or that's like asking the chick, "How big are your tits?" Like, it's annoying. A little inappropriate, definitely. Yeah. If once you get to know them, if they're comfortable answering those questions, then go by all means ask it. You know, just be mindful. Not everybody's going to want to talk about it, and that's okay. But they should also, you know, I feel like trans people should also be mindful that just because they ask doesn't mean they were trying to be rude. They're just right. genuinely curious. Yeah. A lot of people don't know or they can't find the information online. I have a hard time finding the information online in regards to surgeons and information about the surgery in general most of my experience has come from groups on facebook from people who have already had it oh wow wow yeah there's there's a real lack of information on bottom surgery top surgery i found like that it took me less than a month to find information about top surgery all the different types that's like just mastectomy or Mm -hmm. breast implants or yeah it's a double mastectomy or breast implants if you're male to female um i found a surgeon it took me a while to find the surgeon out here and I think he was actually just recently added onto the website that I found him on. But he's been around for at least a decade now. But in general, like, those, it's just really hard to find information on either side of the spectrum because for male to female, it's even harder. I found even less information on their surgeries than I have on female to male surgeries. Right. Really? That's crazy. Okay, so what are what are some questions that you think are a little? Um, where do you draw the line as far how do you, how do you explain gender pronouns to people? Like, how do you? Um, I don't really know what I'm trying to ask. How do you? We had a friend that used the pronoun. I actually mentioned this to you when we were still in school mm-hmm. together. Um, the the pronouns they, their, and they are, and I know this is pretty common in the LGBTQ whatever letter is added onto that. (laughs) Yeah, usually the they and them pronouns are attributed to non-binary people, which non-binary basically is when they feel like they could be either way, male or female. They usually don't identify as either. They just kind of exist. They are. But is that not the same thing as just a boy wearing girls clothes or a guy or yeah, a guy wearing, wait, boy wearing girls clothes or a girl wearing boys clothes or like wearing makeup or just the, the different stereotypical aspects of being a boy and a girl just switching that. Yes. And no, because like the way, and this is just my understanding of it from the way my friend explained it to me. My friend is non-binary. They, they explained that they still experience dysphoria. They don't completely identify with the gender they were born at birth. They kind of just exist. It's almost like being agender, which is not identifying as anything at all. They kind of just want to exist. I consider it to be no label, but a lot of them, they still consider themselves trans. So it's, so it's kind of a line. Like four different categories right there. Agender, no label, uh, trans, and then... You may have only said three. <laughs> well, the no label is not really like they don't consider that like a gender identity or a gender. Oh. Like that's that's just my way of explaining it because that's my best understanding of it. Um, I, I mean, to me, it is the same. Like I kind of feel like it is the same, but a lot of them still experience dysphoria. They don't I completely identify with the gender they were born at birth. 
So in ways it is and in ways it's not. There's a lot of other aspects to it that I'll just never understand because I'm not non-binary. Right. That's fair. So I guess in situations like that, what do um, what's the best way for people like that to um, educate other people on how to use their pronouns or how is the best way for them to handle it if people don't use their pronouns correctly? Because I ran into a lot of that, like people that are really afraid to use the pronouns at all because they're afraid they're going to mess up. They don't want to offend anybody. And then when they, when they do come across the wrong way, the people get very, very upset and it's very personal attack and it's just way too crazy in some situations. Yeah, I definitely agree. A lot of people tend to get out of hand when they when people use incorrect pronouns. But I always remind people, even when I make posts on Facebook or when I share things, and this is also going to be, you know, when I actually finally get my channel up, something that I touch on again. But I I always try to remind people, everybody that you're talking to in the world may not be aware or understand how this process works. So you can't just yell at them because they got it wrong. They don't know you. Right. Yeah. Most people that you meet in the world don't know you. If your friend does it and does it on purpose, yes, by all means, yell at them. That At that point, they're doing it on purpose. But if it's an accident, take it for what it is. Correct them nicely. You know, just say, hey, I would really prefer if you say they, them, he, him, she, her. And then move on with your day. If they don't want to do it, you don't need to talk to them. Yeah, like absolutely. it's not really a point to yell at them. All that does is make you look bad and the community look bad. And it gives people who actually hate the community that fuel the redirect into, hey, look at this. I just found this video or I just saw this person do this. You're adding fuel to right. a fire that's already too big as it is. I feel like a lot of people intentionally try to trap people into the accidentally mislabeling or... my train of thought yeah i'm jesse this podcast (laughs) (laughs) um shit i don't know where i'm going uh trying to trap so like creating a situation out of something that really isn't there is that what you mean in a manipulative way like i want the attention and i'm going to get the attention by completely changing the game uh, as far as language goes. I'm not quite sure what you mean. Like, like one day I'm a male and the next day I'm a female. And if you call me a male one day, it's totally acceptable. But if you do it tomorrow, then I'm going to get pissed. Ah, okay. So that kind of goes back into the non-binary thing again. They, they, they are the ones that usually switch between the two. They'll either prefer to use pronouns or maybe even the bi-gender. That's another thing. Bi-gender is usually the ones that feel like both. Non-binary is more just, you know, existing pretty much. Um, bi-gender ones are usually the ones that switch. Uh, again, it's really the same thing. They should learn that not everybody is going to be used to it it takes especially if you're constantly switching back and forth it's going to be a learning curve nobody knows because you're the only one that knows how you feel that day you, you right. gotta kind of take it for what it is you know how you feel because you're you they don't know how you feel because they're not you <laughs> you gotta explain something in order for it to be understood and then you gotta give time well it's also like a whole different world like yeah when you when you learn about a specific topic there's there's levels of it, and the further in you go, the more th- of that specific language you start to understand. But if you try to use that language, like if I was trying to talk to you about audio, I'm gonna have right to now, cut you off because our cameras will not hold any more data. So we'll be right back. Whoa. 
Leave us on this cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect time. And we're back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> like five commercial breaks. <laughs> so as I was saying, what the fuck was I talking? when you when you learn about a specific topic there's there's different tiers like levels that you go through and you start to understand the language better so like for audio equipment this is a microphone (laughs) but there's like directional microphones omnidirectional like different aspects of it that you learn the further you get in and from my perspective that's kind of what the trans community is and people that don't care about microphones don't care about the different kinds of microphones yeah am i right so like (laughs) People on the outside, there's a ton of information if you want to go into it. And then the people that are in the trans community, they they know all that information, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And, and you know, the problem that I have is that a lot of people want to be understood, but don't want to explain. And I'm just like, that's not how this works. That's like me giving you a car and telling you fix it and not explaining anything to you. With yeah. you having no mechanical background. Yeah, it's a you good can't analogy. understand if you don't explain. Meanwhile, There's no the understanding to be had. <laughs> tires blown, alignment's fucked up, the engine just isn't working correctly. Transmission ain't even <laughs> in the car. <laughs> like <laughs> And you don't know. And they don't know. I wasn't explained to, so I don't know. What the fuck is a transmission? <laughs> <laughs> that that's my problem with the community right now. They want understanding, but don't want to put the work in to be understood. And I'm just like, I get it, because a lot of them, well, it's not my job to explain to them. Then it's not their job to understand. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a fucked up way to have to put it. But Like, in a general sense, pretty much everybody is accepting of other people to a point. Yeah. Once you get into the, the point where it's like, fuck you, you're not, you're not treating me correctly somehow, then it's, it gets really complicated. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is that th- there's a lot of overreactions because there's some things that I've seen and I'm just like, that was not worth blowing up like that over. Like, I'd understand if they had called you a fucking tranny and this, that, and the other, but a lot of people don't come out like that. They'll yeah. ask a simple question like, oh, what's it like being trans or something like that? And then they'll just go completely off the rails like fucking Thomas the Train on crack. And then there there goes the whole conversation. And then when that person goes home, what do you think they tell the people that they know? I tried to ask this trans person this question. They blew the fuck up. Now we all look like we're going to do that. Yeah. Which is why I feel so bad when I talk to people because a lot of them, they, they, they're kind of almost scared to ask me questions. And I'm just like, any question that you have, ask me. Because I'd rather you ask and know than try and guess and then get it wrong with somebody else. Right. Well, that's where that meme came from. Did you just assume my gender? <laughs> <laughs> that one's hilarious. Or the triggered meme where the lady's just making that face. <laughs> or the 72 genders thing oh where you Lord. can be like a fighter pilot or uh, attack helicopter. I, attack helicopter. <laughs> I identify as an Apache attack helicopter <laughs> and don't you dare tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> it's just one of those things like I get where people can get mad about it. It's a joke. Like, like no. I mean, jokes get made about these things all the time. Jokes get made about me all the time. Like, it's really not... People don't have ill intentions more often than not. You can tell when they do. It's completely understandable to have your own personal preferences, your own sexuality. Like, that's, that's totally acceptable. But, like, if you're Jewish and you're, like, 
talking to people who are Christian and talking about God, they may assume that you have the same God or something. Like, there's there's different language, and you have to understand that. Yeah, and I think people kind of forget that part, the understanding on all sides. Like, that's yeah. not just even in the trans community, but on all sides. I think people forget the understanding part. If somebody says that they're not comfortable talking about that, just understand it and move on. Ask somebody else. At the same time, if they want to be understood, though, eventually they're going to have to start answering questions of some kind. You can't just say, I don't want to talk about it on every question and then expect everybody to understand. Or at least ask people what they don't understand about it. Right. Like the I only mean way to fix this is conversation. Right. That's what we're doing here. Taking Ooh. names, kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just got like communication is key. It's yes. just like a relationship. It's just like a friendship. It's just like anything in your life. Communication is key. And if you don't have it, that's why we're going to keep having problems. That's why people are going to keep fighting with each other. Somebody has to break that. You know, they have to break that barrier. They have to talk about it. Right. I'm not saying you have to talk about everything in your life. Like I said, the one question that is taboo, no matter who you are, is really the bottom surgery question. I answer it because I don't care. Not everybody is like me. There are people that are not going to want to talk about it, and that's their right. That's private. That's personal. Yeah. That's a legit personal question. So when people get mad, when people keep insisting on that one, I can understand it. But somebody asking how being trans is is not a reason to get mad. They just want to understand it. But even outside of that context, like, are you really going to outright ask somebody, so how's your vagina? How's your penis? Like, (laughs) that is what it seems like. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like, when I first... I mean, mean, my co-host would do that. My other co-host, he (laughs) definitely would do that. But in a comical way, not like a... Serious. Predator way. (laughs) You'd be surprised, though. Like, a couple of my friends, when I first came out, you know, it wasn't the first question they asked, but they did ask it relatively soon, and kind of caught me off guard but i mean i'm one of those people i i talk about pretty much anything you you name it you know well, I'll as probably somebody talk. who vaguely understands that not not me personally but like from that perspective it is one of the only things that you really know about being trans yeah it really is there's there's not a really like there's a lot to being trans but there's not at the same time it's a relatively um straightforward process you do it, and this is not the same for everybody. I just want to preface that because people do get tend to get mad about, you right. know. There's a there's a ton of different levels yeah. of the spectrum. Yeah, like for me, this is just my personal journey. But hormones, top surgery, bottom surgery, done. Hormones will be for the rest of my life because that's just how it works, unfortunately. But hormones, top surgery, bottom surgery, done. That's right. usually the path for most of us. Some of us can't do it because of medical issues or just don't simply don't want to. Some people do hormones top surgery done. Some people do hormones bottom surgery done. Some people do any combination in between. Some people don't do hormones at all, but they still get the surgery or at least top surgery. It really just depends on the person. Um, so is it still considered transgender if no surgery is in place at all? See that that one's kind of a tricky subject because to me the answer is no. Okay. But at the same time, I can't police anybody and tell them you're not trans because you're not getting the surgeries. Right. They may have medical issues because there are some medical issues, some mental health issues that will stop you from being able to transition. The desire is there, but they physically cannot do it. Okay. So, so it's in situational. That case, yeah. It, it really depends. If you're just one of those people that says I'm a boy, but 
don't want to do anything, like just literally don't want to, in my opinion, how how are you trans? I just I don't get it. And I get a lot of shit for saying that, but I'm I'm pretty brutally honest when it comes to things I like that. I guess there's a lot of different situations on it. Like if I were to start putting on baseball caps and just claiming I was a boy it would be completely different as to if I like shaved my head, started dressing differently, started presenting myself differently, started speaking differently. Yeah. And, but I guess the keyword trans there would be the transition itself. So I guess that would be the difference between being a transgender and being somebody who identifies differently. Yeah. Has different pronouns. However way that all right. works. Still very vague. But, but just like putting on a hat and like dressing like a boy could also be stereotypically like a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. And true. Not necessarily trans. Yeah, it just I don't know. It's it's really it's like it's a tricky subject and this is this is the part that catches me the most shit in the community like I'm just going to put that out there. I get a lot of shit cuz I'm typical super masculine like sports, likes fishing, likes the outdoors, likes, you know, beard, wants to have the muscles, all of that. And I get a lot of shit for being super, because they call it toxic masculinity. And I, people go screaming this in the trans community and it drives me nuts because I'm just like, just because it's not you doesn't make it toxic trans, uh, toxic masculinity. It just means I'm more manly than you. Get over it. Yeah, <laughs> yep. it, it it's, that, that's the thing that drives me nuts because I'm just like, Everything is not toxic masculinity. If that's the case, then Ellen DeGeneres is toxic masculinity. What are you going to do? Right. She wears a suit. (laughs) There it is. Toxic masculinity as defined by you. That's that's like the one thing that's like crazy because I'm just like, you can't just call everything left of you or right of you. I think this that starts a that. whole different conversation, too, because I know we're kind of hitting a stage where everybody's questioning the importance of masculinity and like rather or not embracing that masculinity is a good thing and rather you should step back from it be a little more emotional and so people that are transitioning becoming male trying to embrace that masculinity i think they're getting attacked for because we're kind of almost trying to abolish it yeah you're either not sensitive uh not sensitive sensitive enough for a man or too sensitive for a man yeah and that's that's kind of like the um that's kind of like the catalyst in the trans community because they're just like oh Look at him. Doesn't show emotions. Toxic masculinity. But then if you cry too much, then you're a pussy. Like, I'm just like, bruh. (laughs) I'm going to need you to get your shit together. Like, which is it? You can't just have, you you can't have your cake and eat it too. So I always tell people, I'm just like, unless you want an argument with me, which I'm an Aquarius, so this is going to go on for years and years, (laughs) and I'm not going to let it go. Shut up. (laughs) Mind your life. Just do your life how you live it. Like, I, I don't, there's not any one way to be a man as far as my, as far as I'm concerned. If you have, if you're, if you, yeah. if you're a man, you're a man. If you're a woman, you're a woman. Like, however that, whatever that means to you, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, just I think people should stop trying to police other people's lives and just learn to let live. It's not for you, so don't do it. It's yeah. like we conceptually just live by stereotypes. Yeah, and I mean stereotypes in themselves are not bad, but They're not entirely inaccurate either. Yeah, <laughs> that is also Which true. Which is really funny sometimes. Yes, yeah, some of the stereotypes don't like are. That. <laughs> People, I think people just they they try to look in things too much. They they try to make something where it's not, and they don't they don't make enough of what actually is. The situations that should be addressed are not being addressed right now, and situations that are non consequential are just being blown way out of proportion. Yeah, I kind of definitely. equate it to the straw ban in California. Their whole state's literally on fucking fire, but yeah, straws. Let's ban it. <laughs> Literally the whole state on fire, but yeah. We're going to interrupt this one more time for another quick short break. (laughs) 
I can't hear you with the headphones on. Oh, my bad. I mean, the microphones to be heard. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Audio rolling. Cameras up to speed. And Welcome back to Your Thoughts Podcast. What were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the whole thing with people. Um, well, the last thing I left off on was the, the straw ban in California. Literally the whole state's on fire, but... Yeah, sure. Let's ban straws because that works. It's kind of like... Well, I mean, that's something that should have happened a while ago, though. Like, we've gotten, uh, like, biodegradable straws before, and apparently that's not a common thing to find, which is weird. It really should be a common thing, though. It makes sense. It's honestly cheaper, for one. Two, it causes less waste. I mean, there's just... There's a lot of benefits for it. That's what I think is really wild about Starbucks banning their straws. Like, Starbucks would have been the absolute easiest place to adapt decomposable straws. What a concept. And then we wouldn't have all these conversations about how people who need straws, like people that are disabled, they have a hard time drinking out of the cup, whatever the reason may be that you want to sip on your latte. No, you can't. No straws. Too bad. Sucks to be you. Yeah, I was just, I don't know. It's just one of those things I don't understand because I'm just like, bro, Mike. You have all these resources that you could have went with, had all these laws that you could have made. You could have tried, you know, maybe putting out the fucking fires in the state that are happening. That Let's have not forget on. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. That too. I'm, I'm, I, I just don't get it because I'm just like, it's not like you don't have the money. You know that there's a crisis going on in the city. It's not like you can say you don't know. Well, Flint actually doesn't have the money. Well, they do though that's the thing though they they spend all this money on other crap and i'm just like so if you had the money for that why aren't you fixing the water the water seems a little bit more important than whatever sports team you just spent the money on right now i mean there's there's a lot of money that could be used or could be borrowed from other parts of the state to fix the water issue that they have going on right now or it's like stupid. federally try to fix it. Well, Something. I mean, the government was providing people with free water, but then they were like, well, I don't think you're going to die if you drink it anymore, so you're going to have to start buying your own water again, guys. Yeah, that lasted all of a, f- a few months, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe f- like three, and then they quit. And I was like, oh, how helpful of you. I can't even imagine. No clean water. Arizona tap water sucks, and it's still a hundred times safer than whatever Flint is dealing with right now. Well, yeah, because we don't have fucking lead pipes. <laughs> yeah, Like, I don't know Gosh. what dumbass thought that was a good idea. You know what? Lead leaks into water. Let's make the pipes out of it. It may have been infrastructure from before when we didn't understand. Like, we only realized that, I think, in the 70s or 80s. True. Same thing with the asbestos. Yeah. Trump signed to put that back into the walls and stuff. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. Oh, 40,000 people die a year from that? Let's put it back in the walls. What? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm just like, so anything that doesn't make sense is what your guys are going to be doing. Cancer That's... for you. Cancer for you. Cancer Everybody gets cancer. You. Cancer for me. <laughs> <laughs> and check under your seat, cancer. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, uh, now, I know you wanted to talk about the Art Institute. Yes, yes. Let us Let us talk. So, a little bit of backstory. Um, Brandy here goes to the Art Institute. I actually met Chance at the Art Institute. The Art Institute is a a national franchise. Uh, it was originally a private school uh, based around artistic careers like uh, photography or film or graphic design. That's what we do. She does film. So it was for profit. Is the word? It was a for profit school. Yeah. 
and it switched uh, ownership, I think, within the past two years to the Dream Center Foundation, is what I it's think called. I think is what it's called. Pretty sure. I can look it up. But, um, so throughout that transition, it it seems like they evaluate evaluated the financial structures of each school and the student flow and decided we're going to close a bunch of these locations. And I, I guess Tucson already closed. I didn't know that Tucson even existed. So I don't know how long ago that one closed, but the Tucson campus closed about three years ago. So it was like everybody from Tucson, Arizona was transferred over to the art Institute of Phoenix. And I had, I had classmates that were driving from Tucson to Phoenix because they could not get in a better living situation. And so they would just try to pile all their classes into one day only for a year later them to be told you can't come to this campus anymore. Yeah. That's so, crazy. So the Art Institute of Phoenix is closing along with uh, like 10 other locations. I think we it's can, a total of 18 locations that are closing. We can actually pull up a list just so you guys understand the the gravity of this. It's it's really complicated too. There's there's a lot of... Uh, it's So it leaves people like Chance here in a situation where... Or Tyler, where there is a degree involved. I graduated from here. Here's yeah. my accreditation, but the school doesn't even exist. And then there's people like me who are in the middle of the degree. I've spent two and a half years, three years trying to get this education that I'm going to be told none of my time was worthy for. If I go to other universities like ASU, they only accept minuscule amounts of those credits. And it's just a huge waste of time. A lot of us are kind of sitting in limbo. Yeah. And then the other thing is they... When they give you the tour, they make it sound like all. They tell you all these great things. They tell you about how it's an accredited school, and these tra- these uh, credits can transfer anywhere. But it's really a lie. They lie to you during the tour, and then they lie about lying. Like it is. It's um. I don't want to say that it's malicious, but I think it's just one of those things where the person who owned the school did not have good intent with that. It did, most of the credits do not transfer. That's the first thing. The second thing is the degree is not viewed as seriously as, say, if I went to ASU for the same thing. If I went to the ASU Tempe campus and went for graphic design, I would be viewed much better than if I have the degree from the Art Institute of Graphic Design. Which is so crazy because the Art Institute is a lot more hands-on stuff, which is why students end up going there in the first place, only to be told, hmm. Yeah. yeah it's cause... not good enough. Yeah, here is a full list of the schools closing. The Art Institute of Charlotte, the Art Institute of Charleston. Oh, wait. Uh, okay, I'm not sure what these are. Uh, Colorado, Fort Lauderdale, Indianapolis, Michigan, California. Art Institute of California, Inland Empire. Uh, Tennessee, California, Orange County. Uh, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, Raleigh, Dur- Durham. Durham, Durham, California, Sacramento, California, San Francisco, uh, Schaumburg, Illinois, and Washington. Or er, Art Institute of Atlanta, I think, is what it is. Atlanta, um, Atlanta, Georgia. What well, says Art Institute of Washington? I, I, you can actually, for those of you listening or watching, you can go to. You can simply Google search Art Institute campuses. It will pull up the Art Institute page, and it will let you know all the campuses that are there. There's a cute little asterisk next to all 18 locations that will no longer be there by the end of the year. Yeah, and there's a ton of information online as well about um, what the students are having to deal with about this. It's okay. 
got cued by our camera op. It was a little startling. <laughs> what what the students are having to go through because these locations are closing and they are offering like 50% off to go to another location to finish out their degree. So it's 50% off specifically the rest of the credits they have to pay for. But some of the credits don't transfer over like to from Art Institute to Art Institute, which is ridiculous. Not only that, but the those students that cannot get in a situation like the closest to Phoenix would be Seattle, Washington or Las Vegas, Nevada. So you'd have to move out of state in order to go to these campuses because many of the uh, programs that they have do not have um, the option to take it online. So for those people that cannot move to another state to continue their education with the Art Institute, they have to go to another school. And the Art Institute's only offering a $5,000 grant for those people that transfer to other schools, which isn't going to work because $5,000 isn't going to cover all the credits that we're going to lose trying to transfer to another school. It doesn't even cover a fraction, honestly. It'd be an entirely different degree if you went from the Art Institute getting a bachelor's in graphic design to go to ASU and get a bachelor's in graphic design. First of all, it would cost less than it did at the Art Institute. But second of all, those credits, probably none of them would transfer. I don't think any of them. I don't even. I think the only ones that transferred were like the core classes, like English. Yes. Basically, the <laughs> stuff that's pretty much recognized worldwide. Yeah. The I classes had, that are mandatory. Who went to ASU for, I believe, a bachelor's in graphic design, and he had very different classes than I did. So I don't think it would even transfer. These students are in limbo because the school isn't giving answers because the school has no idea because the center that bought them isn't giving them any information either. So like teachers are leaving, teachers are trying to help students finish out their classes. Some students who were told that they could graduate by the end of the year now can't graduate because some of the classes aren't even available anymore. It's it's a mess. What was your uh, life at the Art Institute like there, Chance? Oh, Lord. That, that school, let me tell you, I went through it with them. Um, I went to the Art Institute, and like I said, you know, they gave you this tour, and they tell you all of these great things about how the credits transfer and how it works, and the accreditation, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Well, I go to the school, you know, it's pretty great. They they teach you a lot. You learn a lot, and I did learn a lot while I was there, got some tools and all of that, and, yeah, let, you know. let me just put in, like, it, it was a good school. Like, I did learn everything that I needed to learn for the graphic design field. And I got a job right out of school. They never gave me that, my uh, diploma or degree for some reason. That's a whole other conversation yeah. altogether. <laughs> but I did graduate. I had the ceremony and everything. Like they, they taught me the fundamentals of my my major. Yeah, and it's not to knock them like 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 Tyler said. It is a really good school. They do teach you what you need to know for that major, but the the part is the communication is not there when when they tell you one thing is not exactly as they say it is, and that was my problem with the school because I'm just like it's great that I have all this knowledge, but it doesn't transfer over, so that doesn't help me in the future when I have to start completely the crap over because you didn't tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, they 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 will full out completely lie to you, and we'll take another really quick break, and then we'll continue talking about how the art institute likes to lie to their students. <laughs> there we go. And we're back on this beautiful, sunny Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> it's too damn hot outside. 
It's been nice, though, because it's been raining. How hot is it? How high is it? <laughs> no, nah, it's been raining too much. Like, I never thought I'd ever say those words in my life living in Arizona, but it was flooded. It flooded to 60. It yeah. flooded near Bethany home in the I-17, and I thought my car was going to die. And I'm just like, can we not with this car? This is a car I actually like. I'd like to keep it, please. Thank you. I just fixed it. <laughs> I don't money for another car. Was like, I'm I don't have paying. windshield wipers. My uh, driver's side windshield wiper isn't working, so driving in the rain is interesting. <laughs> so I have to like lean in the center of my car. Oh, Lord. I'm in the same boat. Terrible. But back to the original topic. Oh, yeah. The Art Institute. About the Art Institute lying to you. My favorite story is um, one of my friends, DJ, he went to the campus. He went to the Art Institute of Phoenix, and he was like, yeah, I want to get into, I want to be, I want to have my own music. I want to mix music. I want to make music. And they were like, oh, yeah, we totally have an audio program here. The Art Institute of Phoenix does not offer an audio degree of any way, shape, or form. They you can take the film actually, program, and there is two audio classes involved. Hold on. They do offer the audio program, just not specifically at the Phoenix location, and they did not tell him that. No. And that's that's where the little bits and pieces, whatever they possibly can to get you into their campus. That's, that's why I didn't do it. I would have done that. Yeah, that's always bothered me about them. Yeah, they they say what they can to get you to kind of go in there. And my problem with Art Institute, what I ultimately ended up leaving, because I did not finish my degree. Um, I left around the end of 2016, early 2017. I was gone by by January 2017. That's pretty much where I would stand at. But I had a class with a teacher, you know, um... I'm not the strongest at graphic design like I like it, but I'm not the strongest. I need practice. I need work. But he said basically if I don't, you know, I have to fix this, this, and this on my project. So it was three things I had to fix on the project. And he said if I fix that, you'll pass, you'll get a passing grade. So I went and fixed them exactly the way he said to fix them. And his response to me was that's not what I said. So basically he told me one thing and then he baited and switched. So I argued with him for a solid probably 30 minutes to an hour, and then I got I was done with it. And, you know, just for privacy purposes, I'm not going to say his name because it's not like I don't have any ill intent towards him or anything like that. I just I don't like being lied to. If I'm going to fail, just tell me I'm going to fail, and I'll deal with it whatever way I could. I probably would have finished out the rest of my year and got my associates if he would have told the truth. But because he lied, I just got done. There were too many lies going around through the school for me to be able to entertain that. And after that point, it was just, I was irritated. I think the school has a weird structure to it. And like, it's, hello. It's a really weird structure. And I say that because it's like, they, they teach you everything that you need to know, but they don't really teach you how to apply it. Like you'll be given projects, you'll be given so much free range on how to do these projects. And then there's a lot of people that have cookie cutter like projects where it's very basic, like the same old thing you see with every single student they make a logo looks exactly like the same they make a film it's them getting something out of the vending machines downstairs there's no creativity to it there's they don't really tell you how to apply yourself they just give you the tools and that makes it really hard that's i'm very sad the phoenix campus is closing because like man i would have been the best filmmaker to graduate there there's like me and like three or four other people i could be like yeah we're gonna make movie worthy films because the rest of you suck (laughs) i don't have that anymore yeah, that that is another big um, fault of that campus because they'll give you a project and they'll tell you you can't do it like this and you can't do it like this, but they don't tell you how they or you know what level of 
creativity they want you to add on to it so then at that point you can kind of slide by because i'm not even gonna lie i kind of slid by on most of my projects i would just do bare minimum and again that's most where i say do. you know i mean people can kind of just slide by doing their you know living their best life and doing average work and yeah. that's not really gonna apply when you get into the actual field you really think somebody's gonna watch a movie that you barely put effort into like right is that you may make some money because people thought they were going to see a good movie, but guaranteed once they leave the movie theater having seen that mess, you're not going to make any more because they're going to tell their friends this was a waste of money. It won't yep. even make it to the theater. <laughs> or that. Straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to DVD. It's just a YouTube channel. They don't even have a theater for it. Or they can't even afford the blank DVDs. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just kind of crazy because I'm just like, you're, you're tasked with the responsibility of teaching these students and putting them into a field, but you don't give them any direction. It's kind of like, again, it goes back to the car thing. It's like giving somebody a car and telling them, this is the gas pedal, this is the brake, but not telling them how to steer. Yep. Howard, yep. that's not going to work out. Or like telling you how to use the car, but you've like, you've still never been inside the car yeah. before, so you know how it works, but you it don't takes know where driving to, yeah. the car yeah. to get a good feel for it. Or it's like tell it's like not telling them about the gas part where they have to actually refill it in order for it to work. Like it, it, they don't tell you the oil needs to be changed. Right. So all of a sudden, your car stops working after three months. Like it's just these things. You got to put the whole thing together for them. You got to let them know you're gonna have to do your scheduled maintenance. You got to put the gas in the car. This is the gas pedal. This is the brake. If you're driving a standard, this or if you're driving a yeah standard, this is the clutch. You need to do that before you shift gears. Otherwise, you're gonna make the car stall. Uh, supposedly, what ended up happening with the art institute is it was the attendance rate and the fail rate. There was too many students failing, and so they weren't like their attendance was going down. There were people leaving the art institute because it's so badly structured. And I think teachers just started like passing kids. Yeah, but one of like the you concerns... turn this in, so you're passing, and it just gets worse and worse. When one of the concerns about how how they did attendance is if you miss two days, it, and these are like weekly classes, you only have one day a week. But it's a week to fill or complete your project or something like that. Usually, it's usually project based. So if you miss, and there's eleven week classes, so eleven classes. If you miss one because you have something going on, and then you have two because you had something going on, the third one you're dropped. No questions asked. That's yeah. that's not how other colleges work. And I think like. It puts a lot of unnecessary stress on the students because now they have their tasks. Because it's not like regular school where you can just bullshit your paper and be done the next day. It's not like regular school where you can just be like, I'm just going to copy my friend's test or what. It doesn't work like that. You're doing art projects. If you copy other people's work, they take that a lot more seriously than you copied your friend's paper. You can't you really know? even copy that much unless it's like book work yeah. as well. It's just one of those things where it makes it almost impossible to go into an art school to copy other people's work, like you said, because it's it's art. It's it's really hard to copy a work of art. It's really, it's almost impossible. I mean, no. Almost. (laughs) Well, If if you did a logo and you gave me the logo to work off of, but told me to make it different, I feel like that's still making it my own. Right. But, you know, like, you still have to put in that extra effort. You can't just bullshit and wake up four hours before it's due and do it. It, it doesn't work like that. I guarantee no. you're getting an F on the project. No, you definitely Maybe a D if you're week. lucky. <laughs> it's one of those you have to actually put time into it. So when you put that stress on people when they already got real-life stuff going on and then you have projects where you can't uh, – they can't just put one day into it. They have to focus all their time on that project. 
and they have multiple projects because I mean some people are doing five six classes yes. during eleven weeks and then working as well and then yeah the job like when I was going to the art institute for a while there I worked two jobs and went to school and yeah. that alone you missed three days and you're uh, dropped from the class it's very stressful because now you got to worry about missing work you got to worry about not turning into projects you got to worry about not missing school i worked part-time i had four classes <coughs> and then i was also in a band so my saturday was taken up so there, there's a lot going on i vaguely understand the school with their whole like attendance thing you know school should always be priority make sure you get your degree but like we have bills to pay yeah, and if you're working on the same project this week and then next week is just a day in class to work on the project, why would you go? Like, it's, I can do this at home. Yep. 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 But you have to be there for the 11 weeks for attendance reasons. Yeah, there's just a lot of things structurally that don't work as other colleges. Because, like, other colleges, if it's just going to be like a oh, we're giving you a day to work on, an extra day to work on a project, you don't have to show up to the class. There was a lot of times where I wouldn't have to go to class when I went to ASU because, oh, it's just a study day. Go ahead and study. So I'd be in the dorm and I'd just be studying because why do I have to study in class? I can study in my dorm. Yeah. For us, it was like a 45-minute drive there or like a two-hour light rail ride. So if if you did the same thing that you were doing last week but in class – What's the point? Yeah, it just... I mean, we always went, but... It's one of those things, if you missed a class before, it makes sense. But if you were there to class before, you already know what's going on. So what's the point at that point when you could just be working on a project instead? Because half the time they talk about, you know, all of that, the project and this and that. You already know what the project is. You already know what you're supposed to be doing. You already know where you're at on the project. It should be a very individual basis. Like I yeah. don't think I don't think teachers should start to feel concerned about your attendance unless you're like failing the class. You're failing to turn yeah. in work. You're but for people that I you know should, they should be concerned before that, but if they see they should that you mention it, I guess. Yeah. If they see that you're struggling with the content, they should mention your attendance. If they see that you're starting to slip on your grades like you normally have A's, but now you're slipping into B's, C's, they should say something. But if you have an A in the class and like you you grasping the content, there should be like it, the attendance should not be as big of a deal. Like it, you're already grasping the content, you you got a good handle on it. You always turn in your work on time. There's no reason for you to you know, oh we're just doing a study day. Why am I here? Especially for those of us that are trying to freelance, you know, it's some of us don't do very well in a big classroom setting. It's setting. It's very easy to get off topic. It's very easy to goof off. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're at home, and Talk you're in your, if you're at home, you're in your own world. Great, fantastic. You can get a lot more work done. But a lot of people have a hard time keeping up with it in class. So yeah. it's a very individual basis. So some people do better in class. Do do what's best for you. Yeah, that that was kind of my little stint with the Art Institute, though. There's just a lot of things that they could have done better. And I'd say um, if they were ever to reopen or if they were ever to create another school similar to the Art Institute, those would be things to look out for. Just structurally, they could have done better. Like, I mean, like, like Tyler said, it was a good school as far as what they taught and, how, you know, they gave you the tools. But they should focus more on giving you direction, too. You can't right. just give somebody all the tools and then say, here you go, and then push them out. You got to teach them how to do the stuff. We're going to have to take another break. That wraps our Art Institute conversation. Recording. Three, <laughs> two, 
<laughs> one. Action. Twelve. Fifteen. Ninety-two. Twenty-four. <laughs> you want to know what's better than twenty-four? What? So twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> not like a noodle star. <laughs> not like a noodle star. And we're back. So Chance wants to talk about the the underlying racial tension that has bubbled up to the surface in the United States and potentially globally. Yeah. So this is um I want I don't want to say that it was not already there, yeah. but it wasn't near as bad as it's been since Trump's been in office. And I'm not saying that it's entirely his fault. I actually fault. disagree because Obama ran on being black and some people were like why is color an issue with this so and there was but you Bush know. talked about like Muslims and uh, Islam and like the terrorist attack that definitely had racial tensions involved so I, I think it's it's always been present it's just not as present as right now. I don't know yeah, where we are right now is really weird though because it's a lot less you know we had a big terrorist problem when Obama was in office but now everything is very very black and white yeah and it's really weird it's like we're not talking about it anymore like it's just straight I think it's more like we're talking about it way too much we weren't really talking about it before and now we're trying to bring it to attention which is making it a lot worse in some aspects I think it, it kind of ties in with the whole trans thing. People are t- blowing it way overboard, more than it needs to be. I'm I not saying it that. doesn't need to be addressed, but people are just, everything's a race issue now. I'm just yes. like, no, it's not. You guys with this, like, I mean, literally like the black and white thing that you're saying. Either it's oh, toxic masculine, now it's, no, it's because I'm white. It's because I'm black. Yep. No, it's because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're an idiot, Jan. It's because you're an idiot. <laughs> It is just one of those things people are kind of... You're the one bringing right. the race into it. Not me. You. It's just getting a little bit... It's crazier now because just recently they had a white nationalist uh, rally near D.C. And they gave them a private subway to go in because they were worried about harassment. Now that's the part Weird. a lot of people don't know. And that is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it wasn't present before. It was very present before. But now it's getting to the point where it's almost acceptable for people to act this way. It's almost acceptable for people to trash things because, you know, black lives matter. And it's almost acceptable for people to be racist because white power. Like it's it's becoming a it's thing tribal. because people are trying to do too much now. It is so much division between everything. And it's like you guys are making a problem where there wasn't as much of one before. And meanwhile, They're, the general population's just watching like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, like I mean, I, I, no, no, no. Yeah. It is really crazy because watching this, people are focused on the wrong shit. Yeah. That's the other thing. And they'll say, Oh, well, cause there was this thing in Walmart. This woman had went to Walmart and the black hair products were locked up. And she was like, oh, Look at them being racist. And I'm just like, no, it's because that's what gets stolen the most. I've seen white people stealing this shit before. It's not yeah. It's not a race thing. It's literally that product is the most stolen. If you go to a Walmart, no one Walmart has the same shit locked up. At yeah. my Walmart, they had all of the colognes locked up. At the other Walmart just up the street, they had all of the hair products locked up. At the yeah. other Walmart that I live by, they have the makeup locked up. Yeah. It depends on where you go. Every store operates differently and is based on that area and what's stolen the most. Yes. Like, 
There are just things that it is people are making a race problem out of nothing. People should be more focused on the the nationalist thing than just happened. Yeah. That should be a definite race thing. That is a, there's literally their whole basis for the group is a race. <laughs> but when it when it gets to like Antifa attacking those people for that view that we all already agree is not okay, that just escalates it further because further, they feel yeah. validated. They feel like, oh, I'm I'm correct because these people are angry at me for having this view. And that's that's all back to people are blowing it way out of proportion. Yeah. You cannot fight these people with violence because now the, the they, way they, is they, not you're to getting just, offended. The way is the not to just jump on one side or the other or to just you gotta look verbalize at, your yeah. opinion immediately. It's to try to understand. You have to all their perspectives. Listen to understand, not to respond. That's yes. the thing that I like to live by. Because when you listen to respond, you heard absolutely nothing. You heard everything they said, but didn't listen. So everything went in one ear and out the other. All you heard was the parts you wanted to respond to, and then that's how nothing gets solved. And you just ruminate mm-hmm. on your your own thought process. That like you're 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 creating the rebuttal to their conversation, not even really listening. Yeah, nothing gets done that way because now instead of creating a solution, you're creating an argument. And it's the, this can be applied to all aspects of life, whether yeah. it be in your job, relationship, family, friends, Every race, religion, topic all of it. is revolving around this concept. Yeah, and like when you when you listen to understand, that's when you can make solutions happen because now you've heard what they said, you see their points and you see where they're wrong. They've listened to you. They hear your points. They see where you're wrong. Where you're both wrong and where those common points are are where you can start to build a bridge and work over it. And I think people are forgetting that now. The right and wrong thing is the same concept as black and white. There's different levels of understanding things like everything is not your right or your wrong like yeah. there there are some things where it's agree to disagree but there can still be something done to make it better like like for for us like as white people we understand we will never fully understand black culture because we did not live that that is not our lived experience but we have a ton of black friends and we have experienced the culture and it's it's different and we understand that and we can talk to them about it and have actual conversations because we understand our personal differences and their differences and it it doesn't have to be so blown out of proportion i think the biggest problem is that people you know we all like to pretend like there is an equal playing field we like to all pretend like we are all the same and realistically we're not everybody has very very different culture people that grow up in you know you have um your typical white family you have any people that grow up in mexican homes have they live their lives very differently they have a very different view on family what they do for fun and then the list goes on people that grow up in muslim homes jewish homes it even like different religious homes it's all we're all really 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 different and it's really disheartening seeing um a lot of the like because like i said it's really black and white right now like we're not even we're not really attacking muslims and mexicans it's really white people versus black people and it's really weird and i i wonder if it stemmed from some sort of envy because i see the black community it really is a community people that have the black skin tone a lot of people that are darker skin tones they clump they clump together and they're really homeful together they want to help each other it's really easy for them to get along i don't know and with white people we don't even really want to catch eye contact if we walk past each other and I don't remember what documentary it was that we watched, but it was very enlightening where it was a woman that went around to a bunch of um, nationalist people and oh, was yeah. talking to them about, you know, like, 
you know, they're very white power. They anybody of different skin tone needs to get out of America. And she was a Muslim uh, who actually lived somewhere in Europe, but she wanted to understand the white nationalists and their perspective and why they're doing what they're doing and try to bring some humanity to their perspective because that's another thing that's happening. People are dehumanizing these other people who have this specific perspective because they are looking for a community. And whether you want to accept that or not, whether you want to like just talk shit about them, that that's fine. That's your choice. But these people are still humans and we can actually reach them if we just talk to them. It was fantastic because by the end of the video, she was interviewing a bunch of people that were white nationalists and then a few months after she had left they were like you know what you were right after meeting you after becoming friends with you after having open conversation with you i'm not a part of my white nationalist group anymore i've disavowed the ways that i'm treating other people and i've I've started thinking about my actions and I'm, i'm disgusted by it like you can you can talk to people and try to reach them on a humanitarian level and it it's don't expect it to happen immediately either like it's not going to first of all it's not going to happen immediately you don't just change somebody's view automatically it's a learning curve it really depends on the person some people it can be radical like that instant other people it's going to take time but the way you're not going to change it is by yelling at them the way you're not going to change it is by just yelling at each other arguing back and forth you're wrong and i'm right it's it's not black and white isn't the like racial color thing. It's black and white isn't like the conceptually black and white. This is black and white. No, there's a ton of gray area. There's really a lot of middle ground to cover, and I think well, I think the sooner people start realizing that, no matter what the subject is, the sooner we'll make progress. Yeah, because a lot of people they're stuck on. Well, I'm I'm like. I'm a I'm Democrat Christian. versus a Republican, or I'm, I'm a Christian yeah. versus a Muslim, or yeah. And people, my, my God my is right. Sports team is the correct one. It's yeah. tribalism. It is pure yeah. tribalism. We're devolving into tribes, which yeah. is not progression. That is the opposite of being a progressive society. I mean, we're literally going back into almost caveman era shit. Like yeah. we literally are, because this is my Flat tribe Earth. and it's right. <laughs> This is my tribe, and it's right. Well, we're going to fight about it until we die. And that's literally what's happening. People are out there dying. People are out there getting hurt because instead of talking it out, instead of reasoning or agreeing to disagreeing, going separate ways even would be better than what's going on right now. Yeah, Because a lot are... of people are just looking to for a fight. They're just looking to cause trouble. They're just looking to say this and say, I'm right, and you have to be wrong because I'm right. No, there's a lot of gray area. You can still be right without anybody else having to be wrong. They just might need to adjust a little bit. Yeah, there's and social lot. media is constantly feeding this fire as well. That is That is something to really understand. Like, if you spend all of your time looking at Facebook or Reddit or, like, Twitter or whatever, that's not the real world. That's not what's happening. That is happening somewhere else, and you're not getting the full story. Yeah, especially when you see the videos. I kind of liken it to the World Star videos. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you watch World Star, this shit be funny. I'm not even going to lie. That shit be funny. World Star! <laughs> but they never show you how the fight started. Yeah. You, only, you, you always catch it. Like, like at right the beginning, when right when punches. they're about to start swinging yeah. on each other. Like, you don't catch it from before when they were talking shit. You Nine times out of ten, you catch them when they already got their fists in their mouth, and yeah. it's too late. <laughs> Whoever could have won could be completely in the wrong, and you're just watching it for the thrill of watching the fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should start rapping, ladies and gentlemen. We're reaching the end of our podcast. I can't Ooh. rap. Oh. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> My name may be Chance, but I'm not the rapper. <laughs> Damn, that was good. We could do another 12 minutes. Okay.
Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so it's it's been great having you on. Uh, do you want to plug your YouTube? Oh, my YouTube. So my YouTube right now, I believe, is under my other name, which is Val- uh, Savage Valentine C. So that's V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N, no E at the end. But, yeah, that's where my YouTube channel, um, with the permission of Tyler, I'm going to be posting this on there as well. You know, it's great having on the show. I'll throw a uh, a link on the the audio file and the video file so that you can access your YouTube as well. So cross-platform kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. And I want to thank my gracious co-host, uh, Jesse, decided he had work and did not tell me. So that was fun. We're also going to give a very fantastic <laughs> shout out to <laughs> Chloe, who's behind the camera, my wonderful, beautiful cousin who just barely learned how to operate a camera today so she could do this with us. Yeah. Thanks, Chloe. We had to quickly adapt to the situation. So it, it's been interesting. So fuck you, Jesse. Yeah, fuck you, Jesse. I don't know you, Jesse, but you're fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> I even talked to your girlfriend and she was like, he didn't tell you? So <laughs> what the fuck, man? Smooth under the bus you go. <laughs> and I want to thank Chance for being on the podcast. I want to thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Very, very fun stuff. Enlightening. Let's let's turn some heads. Get some crowds rolling in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Controversial topics are very interesting and make people angry. <laughs> we like to make them rage. rage. Hulk smash. <laughs> and that concludes. <laughs> oh, this is episode 10 of Your Thoughts podcast. We have gone through 10 episodes, which is great. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Yeah. So thanks for being on episode 10. Hell yeah. And that concludes Milestones. Your Thoughts Podcast. <laughs>